And a verse that seems to collect all that our readings are is found as the last verse of our psalm today, which is part of the invocation in Compline. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Powerful words motivate us to action. My father was a powerful man in my world. You have may, may have had a powerful grandmother or maybe even someone who was a mentor. Not because they are intimidating in any way. In fact, my father survived polio as a child and his body did not allow him to be intimidating. Instead, his ideals, his faithfulness and spirituality were his strength. And his insistence on doing the right thing was a force like gravity that was always around us. He held out expectations, and when they were not met, uh-oh, here it comes, he was very disappointed. A powerful tool. It was like a physical force, but it was just the ideals and the life and the words that he brought. It was so much more powerful and influential than anything that was forced. It was a power that touches the soul when all the actions come from that internal place. Today our readings are a set in the works of God that do not come from places of physical power or political power, or any conventional means of power. Instead, they are a collection of stories and reflections and teachings that remind us that God uses our faithfulness rather than external powers to work God's good in this world. Like the smallest of seeds, the mustard seed, just a tiny bit of faith, grows to do amazing things. It's in those humble acts, the boring part of our everyday rhythmed faithfulness that seem to move mountains, that gives us strength that we need. It's the quiet acts of love that touch the hearts of others and alter the course of the lives who seem to move within our circles. Our reading from the book of Esther is the only time in our three-year cycle that we hear her story. She's an orphan from an enslaved people, one with no power. She changes the course of her people and is remembered and celebrated as faithful in a feast called Purim in the Jew Jewish calendar. It's an intricate story of how one goes from being an orphan of an enslaved people who are carried up into Persia 
and through the seeming workings of God, doors are open so that this Esther will have a place of influence if she can conjure up the strength of soul to be able to take the chance to help those who are around her. Her uncle Mordecai, earlier in the story, says the iconic words from this book. Perhaps Esther, he says to her, with gentle faithfulness, not of powerful masculinity and muscles, but of care and compassion to nurture her, to touch her soul, and to let God do the work when he says, perhaps you were brought to this point for such a time as this. For such a time as this means that a lifetime of choices and faithful actions, without our knowing it, has prepared us for a moment or moments of truth along our life's pathway. That unseen strength of God is working deep within us through all of those boring, rhythmic, places of preparing our soul to be in communion with God, to be able to hear God's voice, not with our ear, but in our soul, to be able to experience the very grace of God in circumstances we don't know how to navigate. But we know that somehow our heart will lead us. We don't even know the right way to put a phrase on it. As a matter of fact, Esther is the only book in the Bible that never utters the word God. There's no Lord. There's no Savior. It's all about God who is there drawing us and is ever-present, but works through the foundation that has been laid in our heart and our soul so that we can face what we need to face when we're in that time such as this. The story turns into a resurrection story, one where inevitable death was for her people, an edict and a law that you heard Rod read, a law that would say you could kill everyone who was Jewish. And Esther breaks all protocol and all law, putting her life on the line because she had the closest access to the only one who could stop that force. And from, what, from deep within her, she brought that strength at such a time as this. It becomes a resurrection story. And it says that, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness, from mourning into a holiday, all would make from that day on a day of feasting and gladness on that day, sending gifts of food to one another and presents to the poor. The life of faithfulness, 
brings us to those places in our life where we don't know if we will have the strength. We cannot know the outcome, but we can only step forward in faith, trusting that God has done the work that needs to be done. And when we take that step forward, we understand that the strength of God in our soul is that mustard seed that grows our gifts, our talents, our abilities into something beyond, something beyond anything we could have ever seen. It's exactly what James is talking about. As he says, when you are a person who is ill, call together the elders of the church. Have them surround you. Sickness, emotional brokenness are healed in the community of people being called together, hands being laid on that person a sacrament of anointing with oil, and it availeth much. Not saying how, just that it does. Faith finds a way. It's Elijah that prayed, and rain stopped, and he prayed again, and rain came. We don't understand the impact or the power of prayer, but somehow it shapes our heart and our soul, and that has an impact on the world that surrounds us. It's a soul perspective that faith brings to us. Sometimes I'm afraid we might sort of say we're the only ones that have that insight. Just like John with, the, with Jesus. Teacher, we saw someone trying to cast out demons, but we said, no, you're not one of us. And Jesus says, no. That's not our perspective. Our perspective is that those who would open their hearts to God are going to do the good that God has called them to do. Our world now is filled with so many denominations, but each one brings such a unique perspective, like a diamond that sort of shows its one ray and shaft of light. God is at work in so many different ways. As we work with others, we see the good that God is doing in the way that faith has developed other lives. You will hear today Gene Koljeski, one of our co-directors of our SAC Lunch Program, talk about how a program that started out with one person giving a can of Viennese sausages out a back door brings together many different churches, businesses, volunteers from everywhere. Just two weeks ago, the Community Rescue Mission began their rehabilitation of their kitchen and of their, of their kitchen and of their eating facilities. They're not alone in this world or in this neighborhood. They asked if they could use our kitchen so that they could continue to cook the meals for the families who live there. And of course, we are partners with them. We are working for the good that God is doing through the institutions in our neighborhood. It lets us see that there's more going on than we just have in our own life. There is a world that God is doing because God is talking to so many people today. Today, we hear in our readings faithfulness, humility, working in a powerful way, allowing God's kingdom to be shaped out of our humble offering. 
the meager gift that we give becomes great in God's hands. And when we become open, we see that within us has been formed what is needed for such a time as this. Amen.